I think what happened was, this is what I think happened. This was early um, married life and we didn't really have any money. And I decided (laughs) that it would be cheaper to spin my own wool. I think that's really how this all got off the ground. Ah, which come on. Crazy talk, but you didn't know that. I'm Sasha Torres, spinning teacher, fiber dyer, and founder of Sheepspot, where we help you make more yarns you love with beautiful hand-dyed fiber and accessible and comprehensive online spinning instruction. These days, I can make just about any yarn I can imagine, but believe me, I was not a natural spinner. When I started spinning, I really struggled to make yarns I liked, let alone loved. But many skeins and hand-spun projects later, spinning now lets me express my creativity and quiet my mind, no matter how crazy the world around me gets. I created the Sheepspot podcast to give you quick, actionable strategies that will help you level up your yarn making so that you can create yarns you love faster, more easily, and with less frustration. If you're an inquisitive hand spinner, you are in the right place. And I'm so glad you're here. Well, hey there, hand spinners. Welcome to the 81st episode of the Sheepspot podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. This week, I have the last of a series of interviews that I've been doing here on the show. This week, I talk with my student and Sheepspotter Society member, Bridget Flynn, about weaving and spinning and knitting and generally being entranced by fiber. Bridget is a truly fearless fiber artist, which I so admire about her. And I think you're going to really enjoy hearing her talk about her process. One of the things that Bridget touches on in the interview is the importance of having a fiber community where you can get support and share excitement. Bridget has been fortunate in finding community in her guild in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Guild of Hand Weavers. And she's also made herself a really indispensable member of the Sheepspotter Society, for which I am very grateful. If you are seeking a fiber community and you don't have a guild nearby, I invite you to check out the Sheepspotter Society, which will be open to new members on Monday, March 22nd through Thursday, March 25th. The Sheepspotter Society is an amazing, just amazingly warm, generous, welcoming group of spinners and is truly one of the things that I love most about my job. Um, and they've really gotten me through this pandemic. So I'm shout out to all of them. I'm very, very grateful to them. Um, and they just love to support each other and help each other out. So if you are on the Sheepspot mailing list already, you will get an email about, uh, the opening of the society on, uh, the 22nd of March. And we're talking about 2021 here. Um, if you're listening in the future, sorry, we're closing, uh, we're closing the doors on March 25th, 2021, but we do reopen them every September. 
Uh, so if you're on the mailing list, you will get info. If you are not and you would like to get more information, just head to sheepspot.com slash TSS to get all the info. And without further ado, let's get into the interview. I'm so excited to get to talk to you um, because you clearly have a whole, you have a whole fiber life and I'm, I'm, you're an amazing weaver and I am really interested to hear about how spinning kind of fits into that larger story. So why don't we start there? How did you start spinning? What made you think, Oh, I'll, I'll spin, I'll make my own yarn. Yeah. I, you know, I, I've always had an obsession with fiber arts, even before, like when I was a little girl, we had someone living with us. My, uh, she was called cousin Julia. I think she was my grandmother's cousin. My grandparents lived in our house, my parents and cousin Julia lived with us for a little while. And she did really wacky, that kind of crochet, like Christmas wreaths (laughs) and you know, that to make little pins and really, but I just, I was obsessed with her crocheting and she taught me how to crochet. So that started, you know, when I was really little and Mm -hmm. then I just always chased fiber and by the time I was um, in uh, high school, I was knitting sweaters and stuff, but um, wow. not, not at all spinning. And my real obsession was weaving. I, I just desperately wanted to weave. And I, I took that, um, I bought that book that's, I think it might be like Sunset Publisher, but I'm not mm-hmm. positive. Yeah. I remember them. Yes. And I have that book. I can't believe it. I just found it on my shelf the other day and flooded with memory of um, the summer that I babysat for friends who lived um, in Bar Harbor and not in Bar Harbor, but on um, Mount Desert Island in the summer. And Mm -hmm. I just remember taking that book and pouring over it and fantasizing that I was going to weave. And I didn't start weaving until about 10 or 11 years ago. Wow. Because I felt like I couldn't afford it. It was an expensive hobby. And so, but that was always there. And then somehow or other, and this neighborhood is a very weaver neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I, bought my, I bought my spinning wheel from someone who lived, who lived two blocks from where I live now. And where do you remind me? Where Mount you Airy in Philadelphia, Mount Airy. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Cookieville, bubble land. <laughs> COVID? We don't have COVID here. We are all masked and you better not walk down our street without a mask on. Okay, good. Good to know. <laughs> but um, somehow, and I actually do not remember, I think what happened was, I, this is what I think happened. I, this was early um, married life and we didn't really have any money and I decided... <laughs> that it would be cheaper to spin my own wool. I think that's really how this all got off the ground. Ah. Which, come on. Crazy talk, but you didn't know that. No. So then um, there was a shop that is now our hand weavers guild. It happens to be in the same building. There was a shop there when uh, at that time. And that that was like, um, I don't know when that happened. It must have been like early 80s. Um, 
I went there and bought a drop spindle because I thought if I don't like this, I'm not investing in a wheel. Right. And so I spun with a drop spindle for about a year and actually made clothing out of that. I have a vest that I made from then. Wow. Um, and then after a year, I realized I really loved it. And then my husband, I know he kicks himself every day, <laughs> bought me a wheel that has now turned into two wheels and three floor looms. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, that's sort of where it started. And then I was spinning. And then I, you know, I had three kids and I had a job as a school librarian and my side job was um, storytelling. So I, I was a professional storyteller for a while. Oh, wow. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I come from a theater family. So mm-hmm. that, that was like a, easier theater. You didn't have to remember your lines or talk to anybody. You did it all by yourself. (laughs) Lazy theater. So then I didn't have time. And I was like, do I spin or do I knit? And at the time I was crazy knitting. So I sort of put spinning on the back burner for less time than I thought. But um, there was a period of time when I wasn't really spinning much at all. And then, Mm -hmm. and then really um, I would spin off and on. I go to the fiber festival and see fiber that I just couldn't resist. And then I would buy that and start spinning that. And then I would knit with it and I put the wheel away for a while again. And then um, really, I think it was, it couldn't have been just at the beginning of COVID. It has to have been a little before that. I fell upon um, Rachel's um, wool and spinning. Mm-hmm. And I started following her podcasts and that was when I really just thought, wow, what am I, why have I not been doing this? And then I just totally fell right back into it. And now because I weave, the question became, how do I use my hand spun in weaving? Not because I'm worried about the fiber type. I've never, because I'm totally self-taught, I don't have any conventions. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that, it was more like, um, what first of all, I'm selling my weaving, so now that's a horrible mindset. Well, this sell is not the way to right. do it, right? It's not. Um, so fortunately, then during COVID, then actually during Rachel's one of her podcasts, somebody's talked about sheep spot. I said, What? <laughs> I love sheep, what a great name! And I immediately started listening to yours, so that's where I got to you. But, um, in terms of with COVID, I've actually been able to not sell as much. And really, well, because I, I have a website, but it's terrible now. I've just started a new website and it's better. And people call me and ask me for stuff, but, but it's not like when I go to a festival, I sell just as much as I want. And some of those people mm-hmm. contact me and want more, but I don't have to worry about crazy worry about inventory. Right. So I've been able to like do my husband's jacket that I made a jacket for me. Um, so, uh, and now I'm knitting a little bit more because of my involvement with spinning. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where it's, that's going to lead with weaving and um, spinning, but I'm, I'm still doing it. I'm still weaving what I spin. And, and you've been doing that right along since you started weaving in a big way. Yes. Uh, no. Um, no, because um, 
when I started weaving, then I went back on no spinning <laughs> and no knitting. <laughs> and here I was living in my dream, making, you know, woven things, which I absolutely love. And it certainly is my most successful fiber art that I've ever done mm-hmm. in terms of me getting the result I'm looking for. But um, uh, it's only so now in the last two years, I'd say the spinning and the weaving are coming together. Interesting. Interesting. I needed to just do weaving for a little while, I think. And, you know, right. Well, especially since you've been waiting all that time. To, exactly. Yeah. I'm really yeah. glad you got to it. Me too. I feel like it's a good um, message to people I know who are in their 20s and 30s saying, oh, I've always wanted to weave. And then I can say to them, you know what? You can do that sometime down the road and it'll be just as much fun. Uh-huh. So so do you, you don't regret the time that you, the non-weaving time? Nope. That's no. good. That's, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I think I truly buy into the, this is, I'm doing this because I, because it gives me pleasure. It's, you know, it's, it's for my own fun. If it's not fun, then no. Yeah. 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 We love that. So, so you started to learn to, I love this. You started to learn to to spin because you thought it would be a cheaper way to produce yarn. Yeah, honestly. And so how did you act like who taught you? What was that? What what was that initial or you just taught yourself with the spindle? Yeah, and with a book. Because in those days, no YouTube. Right. Yeah. So I um I think I had another one of those. It couldn't have been a sunset. I forget what that one was, but it's the same deal. It was a big big rectangular paperback. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And the, and that sort of seventies such like really saturated colors. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can and, totally picture yeah. it. And create goofy projects that you could make. I think I made maybe one out of that book, but that wasn't really um, where I ended up getting patterns. So, so was it when you made, how about when you made the transition to the wheel? Was that, was that sort of straightforward or was that difficult or no, no. You, just, you just teach yourself things and then you do them? Yeah, I think, um, you know, for me now drop, I now find to be a little difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I know I was so excited to get started on the wheel and I, you know, as soon as I touched fiber in that way for spinning, mm-hmm. I was a hundred percent, hundred percent. And then doing the wheel, I could just do it faster mm-hmm. and it didn't hurt my arms. That was one of the issues for me, my shoulder. Right. Right. So you just, you just kind of plunged ahead. Uh-huh. That is so great. That is really great. So when did you know with respect to spinning that this was something that you wanted to keep doing? Um, I think really, honestly, two things happened. First of all, I joined our hand weavers guild. Um, Mm -hmm. And at the time I thought the hand weavers guild was about weaving, but honestly, it's more, it should be called the fiber arts guild. And um, there are a lot of spinners. Mm -hmm. 
so I had nobody to spin with or no one who knew anything about spinning when I was spinning. I had knitting co-conspirators, but I did not have anybody who was spinning. Uh huh. So when I joined the guild, honestly, that's where I first, I, I decided to come to their spinning night and, um, just having other people who were excited about spinning and they were talking about things that I didn't really know about. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I have learned so much this year, like that there's more than one kind of sheep. <laughs> honestly, Yay. it hurt to me. It's just wool. I right. even knew different names, but I didn't even know what the significance of that was. So the, going to the spinning group, really it was... Um, getting support from other people. It was getting shared excitement with them. And it became more, I don't want to say it became social because it's, for me, it's absolutely not. It's almost antisocial when I spin because I just fully go into the spin. Right. Right. Um, But um, just having other people talk about it and play with ideas and um, yeah, I just, that really got me going more. Yeah. Yeah. That community piece is so important. I was just talking to Sandy. Um, and for her, she had just, when she started to spin, when she had just moved to Oregon from Los Angeles and her, you know, that was how she built her Oregon world was mm-hmm. around, you know, spinners and shepherds and other knitters. And yeah. Yeah. So it it, it is a great and very ancient way for women to hang out together, which is kind of cool. Yeah. 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 So do you have a default yarn? You know, I don't think I do. I I think the other part of my spinning is um, that I am very to, uh, to a fault, I think project oriented. Mm -hmm. So then I get, sort of trapped into that mindset. So there's, and also because honestly, until this year, again, I didn't really know. (laughs) I was showing people how to spin with other people who were all doing the same thing where we weren't saying, well, you know, you could do short backward, you could do short forward. I never heard of. And for new spinners, I found actually that's in much easier. It's much more controllable when it's short forward. I think. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I did it every which way. And um, sometimes I did long draw for quite a while and, but not, not really long draw. I don't know what I was doing. I was probably doing short backward with a long draw tendency. I think that might've been how I used to spin, Mm -hmm. but I I don't, I can't even tell you. So no, I don't have um, yet. I probably will end up with a default yarn, but I actually don't yet. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think being a weaver, it makes it makes more sense to me that you would be very project oriented just because weaving requires so much yarn. So if you're going to spend the time to be making yarn, you know, and you also have your weaver's brain going, thinking of all sorts of things that, yeah, that, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Whereas I think for knitters, it's, you know, I don't know. It's, I think it might be a little easier to kind of separate the, the two, but you've got this, you have these looms you have to keep fed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
I think if I could choose my favorite spin right now, though, I think it's actually, um, first of all, three ply. Mm-hmm. I love the look of three ply. I also love the look of three ply crepe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and so if I were spinning for knitting, I might choose that. Mm-hmm. I might choose that. I don't know. Yeah, I just don't know. And I like long draw and I like playing with long draw. So yeah. Yeah. Long draw is so good. So do you have a, uh, what about a fiber favorite? Do you have a fiber favorite? No. So I loved Parandale. I love spinning that. I didn't know anything about that, but in the ones that we have done so far, I think that still is my favorite in the breed school. Yeah. Yeah. That one snuck up on me too. I mean, I had spun a, I'd spun a sample of it before I picked it for breed school, but it, I just adored it. I'd never spun Perrindale combed before. I'd spun, I'd spun a lot of it because um, we used to have some roving, some Perrindale roving from New Zealand that we have, we, we finally used up after many years, but, um, but I was just blown away by that Perrindale. It was, yeah. it's such a, it's such a lovely thing and the yarns that people are making out of it are amazing yeah yeah, yeah. One, yeah. and my parandel is still sitting not dyed not in a project um partly because i love it so much i'm i just want to make sure i use it for something you know that i'm gonna like and do you dye too do you dye stuff for your own for the weaving well you know i I thought that I would never die. And I definitely right now have said out loud, I can't, I just can't do yet another hobby. But then I took a dying class. I've always been a little obsessed with dying. And I had been dying a lot with Kool-Aid back when my kids were younger. Mm-hmm. Really funny because they got super excited. Kool-Aid. Oh, mom. We're going to have Kool-Aid. And then I would say, are you kidding? Look what it does to this wool. <laughs> this color. I mean, they're not, they weren't allowed to have stuff like that. Right. So that was pretty funny. And then I also thought natural dyeing would be cool. So I played around with some red cabbage. Bad idea in a household with children. They really didn't like the smell. Hmm. But um, I, I have leftover dye from the dyeing class. So mm-hmm. I sort of feel like, you know, I don't know the socks I made. I love the colors that are in that one. I didn't write down anything. So uh, I don't know how I would reproduce it. I remember exactly how I did it, but quantities, I have no idea. Right. So um, I don't really want to do that. And I, I really love spinning dyed fiber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love dyeing natural fiber. So yeah, I'm all over the place with it. Okay. Well, that's all over the place is a good place to be. Yeah. It seems to be working for you so far. So far. Um, <laughs> so, far. so tell, tell me about your favorite project that involved hand spun. Do you have a favorite? Well, that's really hard for me. It's kind of like uh, as a children's librarian and as a big reader, people often ask me what my favorite book is. 
You know, it's yeah, that's a crazy question. It's like what I'm reading right now. But Mm -hmm. I thought about that when I saw it written. And I, you know, I have so many different things I could think of. But actually, I made a um, shawl. So this shawl, which you really, really can't see, I'm sure. Well, maybe you can. I can see that. Yeah. That is not woven. (laughs) No, no, because this is from quite a while ago. It's one of my earlier pieces. And it might be the one that I was most happy with when it was finished because it everything about it was just what I wanted and mm-hmm. I loved these colors I think I know I got them from the um I probably got them from Rhinebeck Sheep and Wool but it could have been from the first one I went to in uh, Maryland I can't remember but I just love the subtlety of the different colors in it and I remember sitting on an airplane knitting part of it. I have no idea where I was going because I can't remember when I made it. <laughs> so, uh, oh, but I, yeah, I just love the burst of, I don't know if you can see the, probably that one, I know. Oh, yeah. See how it yeah. changes? I love that variation in color. I am a sucker for that. Mm-hmm. I don't like flat out dyed one color. I right. love it to be, and I like it to be out of my control. Interesting. Okay. I like to take my chances and see how is this going to, what's this going to do? Right. Yeah. Right. So what about a weaving project? Because I I just want to know about a weaving project. um, Probably my husband's jacket because, Mm. um, first of all, because it was right at the beginning of COVID. I also love Jacob wool and that was Jacob. Mm-hmm. And I just got so excited about spinning it. And then um, also about the freedom that I had to just make it because I didn't have to worry about selling weaving. Mm. The funny thing is I made it for my husband as a um, compensation for the fact that I tricked him into going to Shetland Wool Week. <laughs> Thank God it was canceled. I'm not sure our marriage would have survived it. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I made it there. It was purposeful. I honestly, it's not really his style. I don't know how often he will wear it. And Mm -hmm. it'll it'll be mine, maybe. But um, it was also a huge challenge. Mm -hmm. I had to. I used a a sewing pattern, which I know how to sew and I've done sewing, but Sewing hand woven, you know, like you're cutting into the fabric. I've read about it. I've heard people talk about it. I know it's a scary thing. It actually wasn't as scary when I did it. It was more the buildup to it. Right, right. Yeah. And I have a friend who's an amazing, she makes amazing clothing. I don't know if you, she's a quilter. Her name is Judy Donovan. You should look her up. Her stuff is amazing. She, I will. She held my hand through some of this um, because she teaches a class called Too Precious to Cut. Mm. And um, I couldn't take the class. It was bad timing. But um, but she she's a friend. So she kind of imparted her wisdom, which was very small. There's not a lot to worry about. Basically, you have to sew around the edges where you're going to cut mm-hmm. so it doesn't unravel. Right. Honestly, it doesn't unravel that much. Weaving is that, and especially with wool, it kind yep. of fits right in there. 
Yeah, so probably that would be my most um, favorite. Um, yeah. I, I like that it's not made out of Shetland wool because that would have just reanimated the the Shetland wool week problem. Right. When I asked, you're right. And actually he got to choose because when I asked people that what fiber I should use, those were the two Jacob and Shetland people were recommending. Mm -hmm. And I had done some Jacob for shave them to save them. So I knew I liked it. And David liked it because of the story. Yep. Which none of us, well, you might know the story. I realized he and I had a different idea of what the story was. When we, when we went back to look at it, now I can't remember at all. I can't remember what we thought or what it is, but um, it was slightly different. But anyway, he got to choose that. Well, we're, we will talk sometime, not in, this, in the middle of this interview, about how exactly you trick a husband to going to Shetland Wool Week because that's knowledge that I feel that I need for my own purposes. But yeah, yeah. yeah. but we, we needn't dwell now. <laughs> so what would you say spinning has given you other than yarn? Oh, um, yeah. I thought about that whole question of putting it into five words and how hard that was. But honestly, the things that it gives me Number one is immersion in senses. I have a very strong sense of smell. Mm -hmm. I love the smell. I love looking at it. I love feeling it. Um, I'm not interested in tasting it. <laughs> but I do like sheep's milk cheese. So, mm -hmm. so I, there you go. Yeah, it's a it's a huge sensory experience for me. So much so that I can't really listen to music when I'm spinning. I don't, we watch movies in the evening and I spin during that time. But honestly, for me, the best of spinning is just spinning. Mm -hmm. um, and the other is that it allows me to do that hyper-focus that I love. I, I've always been a meditator, even when I didn't know what meditation was. Mm -hmm. Although it could just be female ADD, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But no matter what, I've always celebrated it. And that is the other thing that, um, you know, just that, like you were talking about counting the other day, mm -hmm. I'm a huge counter. And yep. it's not purposeful counting. It's sort of, it's like almost like a mantra. I count everything, steps, steps in getting dressed. I mean, yep. I'm constantly counting. And, and um, yeah, so it's mindfulness as well. And it's that lovely, intense focus on, on the fiber. I just love that, that relationship. Yeah. And then watching the transition, you know, from, you know, the fiber, it's, it's like, have you ever made pasta, homemade pots, pasta? One, once or twice. Yeah. That transition is a miracle. Yes. That, yes. Yucky texture to this smooth. And I feel that way about making um, fiber or making yarn from fiber. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So do you want to take a shot at the five words or fewer? Well, yeah. So for uh, why you spin? I, I had several statements, but I, I think um, combined sensory engagement and mindfulness. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's great. That's more straightforward. Yes. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm so glad that you 
did this. I was secretly hoping you would sign up. (laughs) Darling, that is it for me this week. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back next time to talk about my favorite resources for spinning art yarns or textured yarns. So if you're thinking that you might want to learn some art yarn techniques, I will have you covered. Don't forget to check out the Sheep Spotter Society if you're interested. Uh, and if again, if you're hearing this after March 25th at 5 p.m. when the doors close, we will be opening again in September. In the meantime, be well, and I will see you in the next episode. If you enjoy these podcasts and would like to work more closely with me, you should definitely check out the Sheep Spotter Society, my membership community for inquisitive spinners who want to spin with more confidence and joy while making yarns they absolutely love. As a Sheep Spotter Society member, you'll get access to our private online membership site where we go deep into a new spinning topic every single month with video lessons, monthly Q&As, and virtual meetups. And you'll join a vibrant, caring, supportive community that's as passionate as you are about spinning, fiber, and creating with hand-spun yarns. You can sign up to get more information and receive a notification the next time membership opens at sheepspot.com slash TSS. That's sheepspot.com slash TSS, which stands for the Sheepspotters Society. I would love to have you join us. Thank you.